today we're going to be talking about the life of Dostoevsky and a good tool when doing this is always to have a book like a Penguin Classics, like these books, where not only do they provide you of the story, a good translation, and to, to be honest, most of the books that I have read of Dostoevsky's have been following this Penguin Classics series, and I think their translations are really good and very insightful. But essentially, I'll be going over the chronology of Dostoevsky's life that they provide here, and also give some insight and point out the most important parts of this of this discussion. But before I do so, I would like to state a quote in Dostoevsky's life, or or something that he writes, which I think really summarizes Dostoevsky as a philosopher, a writer, and a Christian. And this quote might sound very strange and very weird, and as you hear it, you'll know why. But I would be discussing this in a later video and go more in-depth into this idea later, but I do think it is a very important part of Christianity and something that we really need to focus on and really think about. It really challenges us as Christians, and I think it's something really good to look at or experience or, or at least try to understand where he's coming from. And this is what Dostoevsky says. There is nothing more beautiful, more profound, more attractive, more wise, courageous, and more perfect than Christ. If someone proved to me that Christ were outside the truth and that the truth and it was really the case that the truth was outside Christ, I would prefer to choose to be with Christ than to be with the truth. And you might say or listen to this and say, well, Dostoevsky is just rejecting all truth here. But I don't think that's necessarily what Dostoevsky is saying. I think he's saying something way more profound, something way more insightful, something that is way more applicable or or really he's saying something which is at the heart of human existence. He's saying that, and of course I'm giving a summary here, but I think what he's saying is that God provides meaning, beauty, and all the things in our life. This idea of meaning, the idea that we have purpose all comes from Christ. If you took that away, took away the perfection, that paradise from man, then man is going to be left alone. Man's going to be suffering greatly. Man is not going to have meaning. And if that's the case, then truth itself would also lose its meaning. And if that's the case, then why should anyone follow truth? And from that, you can say, well, if you have a meaningless truth or a God with meaning, then then I think Dostoevsky from this perspective is saying, well, I'm, I rather choose to be with Christ than to cho than choose to lose all meaning and all hope in my life. And I think that's a quick summary of it. And I think that is where Dostoevsky starts off because this letter is written in 1854 towards the earlier part of earlier part of his career instead of the later part of his career. So there's kind of like a full circle going here. And, and that's something to keep on the back of your mind while we are listening to this video. So Dostoevsky is born in 1821. He is born to two people. He's born to a physician and a daughter of a merchant family. And he grows up in a school for, for soldiers. He enters as an army cadet, but then he never really was a good soldier. He, he was always noted as someone who had morals. He focused on morals. He focused on religion and focused on humanity and was, in that sense, separated from the other of the cadets in his corps or his in his group. So from a very young age, Dostoevsky was indeed separated from the separated from the rest as a writer, a philosopher, as a theist or Christian. And and here he soon realizes that he cannot, or at least he as a, as a person in the army cadets, cannot fully focus on the literature, literature or the literary gift 
that was given to him. And a result of that, instead of following this or continuing in the army cadets, he then decided to stop that and then focus more on his literature. And he then publishes his work, uh, Poor Folk, which is basically one of the most, one of his, well, or at least it's his book, which makes him more prominent or makes him a prominent writer. And he is spotted by Belinsky, who is basically a very liberal guy and kind of supporting more socialist ideas, I guess. And and he first, and he publishes Poor Folk and The Double, although The Double is less less successful than Poor Folk. But then basically Poor Folk is basically a very small novel or a, a collection of letters which are written between a poor person and two poor people who are loving each other but it just really focuses on the poor people and and that's a very big influence in Dostoevsky's life because out of most writers out of all the writers or at least most of the Christian writers Dostoevsky is one of the people who really grew up in a poor environment he really experienced poverty he experienced suffering throughout his life and that's something you will see again and again through this book and and growing up or at least suffering or feeling this suffering and experiencing the poverty in Russia or the poverty of the peasants at the time, Dostoevsky then had started flirting with the ideas of socialism, with Belinsky and, and these ideas. But then as a result, unfortunately, he was then arrested by the Russian government and sentenced to death, right? And because, of course, the government doesn't like these socialists or more of these extreme liberal ideas. And as a result, he was sentenced to death. But then, of course, it was a mock trial and he didn't die. They, they had the guns at them. And but instead of killing them, the, the king finally said, OK, let's not kill this guy and, and let's just send them to Siberia instead. And this idea of Dostoevsky getting sent to Siberia has a significant influence on Dostoevsky's life. Not only does he discuss a lot or talk a lot about capital punishment and the, the idea, the pain of someone who's sentenced to death and has no hope, this idea of hope, is constantly found throughout his book and him talking about the capital punishment is something that you see as a major theme in The Idiot, the idea of a man dying or the, a man going to die and having no hope and really hoping for for something else, but they can't because they, they have no choice but to die and and they, they have no more future and this is a very dark thing and and it's something which plagues, or at least at least it it plays with Dostoevsky's mind a lot throughout his works and also the fact that he was sent to Siberia inspires him to write The House of the Dead which is indeed a discussion or almost an autobiography of his life in Siberia his relationships with the other inmates and also talks about themes of hope forgiveness and also freedom and and The House of the Dead is very interesting because it is indeed a very depressing book or it's a very dark book but at the same time there's a sense of light there's a sense of there's a small sense of endurance throughout the book which suggests that as long as man can strive for a hope and that they have a way to achieve that then man can live because without hope no man can live but with hope and with a goal man can indeed live and strengthen themselves so that is essentially the idea of the house of the dead it's it's idea of the need for hope in human life and that's one of the reasons why he doesn't like capital punishment so much so he then publishes a few books which I wouldn't go and discuss too much here because it they aren't really too important. And then it, it goes on to 1965, where he then starts working on Crime and Punishment, which is more a famous, more famous book in eight, I mean, 1865. And then in 1866, he then publishes Crime and Punishment and The Gambler. And he actually writes The Gambler within 26 days. And you have to remember that 
Dostoevsky was a very bad gambler. He was struggling with a lot of these money and a lot with money and a lot of times he did end up in poverty and he had to write in order to to pay for his to put a roof over his to to put food on the table, right? So he had to spend a lot of time writing and sometimes he'll have a very short schedule. So a lot of these books that Dostoevsky is writing and that's what makes it all the more amazing is that most of Dostoevsky's books are actually written really quickly. He he has to write a thing a book within a week or a section of a book within the week, send it off to the publisher to get it published, then writes more and writes more and writes more for the publications. And, and that's how most of his books actually came out. Like, And and that's something to keep in mind when Dostoevsky's writing it. He's he's really experimenting with these ideas. He's not just going, he's not just saying, well, let's just, let's just think very deeply about every single part. He's just saying, or he's, he's really thinking, okay, let us, actually delve really deep into the individual pro he's not even thinking let's delve really deep into it he's saying well what comes to mind first what can i do with my mind and then write it down and as someone who writes quite a lot myself that is quite a stressful thing to do and sometimes although it's quite stressful it does provide some of the most profound works because the more you think about stuff the more you try to refine certain aspects sometimes the phrases sometimes the story loses a bit of its magic but then that's why I think Dostoevsky is so profound and so and so insightful. These things are his psychological analysis. That's his brain. His his characters represent different pa- factors or parts of his psyche. And and while he's reading these works, right? He's he's reading. He's working on these things. He's immediately thinking, okay, these are what's happening. This is this is Kirillov is representing my skepticism. Oh, uh, Fyodor in in the Brothers Karamazov. That's representing my guilt. He's just writing these out. He's he's pouring his emotions out, and instead of trying to refine it later, what he pours out is what you get, and you see a more raw and a more a more accurate representation of Dostoevsky. And that's the same with the books that I write or the the essays that I write. The first draft is always the most raw one, and then later I refine it, and sometimes it gets better, but also sometimes it gets worse or more dry. And and there's always a bit of a difference there. So so essentially, that's something to keep in mind while you're reading Dostoevsky, and then more suffering comes in Dostoevsky's life. In in 1868, his his first daughter is born, Sophia, and then Sophia dies within three months. And then, and then in 1869, his other daughter is born called Lyubov, and I probably butchered the name, but then later on, he, he then publishes in 1870, The Eternal Husband, and then after that, he then starts publi- publishing Demons, 1871 to 1872, which is one of the most profound books that I've read of Dostoevsky. It's very interesting. I I really love it a lot. I think that Demons is indeed a very tormented book. It really gets to the heart of Dostoevsky, gets to the heart of the issue, and I think it is a very insightful book to read. So I I think I, I greatly recommend you to check out Demons. It, along with The Idiot, is one of the best one of the best philosophy books to read, or at least one of the best Dostoevsky books to really understand what he is and, and the skepticism that he faces. And then after that, he works on Karamazov. Well, actually, after that, he works on a writer's diary. But then he's actually, then after that, after a few more publications, the next big book is Brothers Karamazov, which after he writes Karamazov, he dies. But but I would like to focus a bit more on Karamazov because the Brothers is indeed one of the most interesting works that he writes because I think this is Dostoevsky going the full circle. Remember the quote I give before about saying he'll rather choose Christ over the truth. I think the same theory can be seen in 
in, in Karamazov and not in the sense that, well, I really hate the truth or things like that, but more in the sense that he's more confident in his faith. Throughout his life, he was a skeptic. He was struggling with the issues of atheism. But it is after his commitment to Christ, it was, it was well, it was after the death of his son, Alexei, that he went into a monastery and he was really struggling with his suffering. And the Dostoyevsky, which then leaves the monastery after that, or after the death of his son, is, is indeed a very changed Dostoyevsky from the Dostoyevsky he was before. He's, he started off with this kind of a sense of innocent or or this faith towards God, right? The idea that God is so great, so beautiful. And throughout his life, he struggled with a lot of suffering. He struggled with pain throughout it. But he always started off in the right place in the idea that no matter what suffering was in his life, he would always overcome it by looking at or turning towards the love and the perfection of God. And that's essentially the theodicy of love, which we discussed in a previous video. But we can see that Dostoevsky, despite his suffering, comes out of the monastery after the death of his son, after after all the guilt he has felt as a result of the death of his son, that he comes out as a changed man and decides to write the Brothers Karamazov. And, and it's in this work, the Brothers Karamazov, that we can see Dostoevsky. He makes the most powerful, or at least the most clear or lucid or the most structured argument against God, which is seen in the fifth book, as I think I might have said before in this video. But it's essentially, he, he writes the most systematic or the most powerful argument for or against the existence of God in pro and contra via the Grand Inquisitor and a bit before that. But his response to to this problem perhaps is, I think, the most confident response that he has throughout his entire collection of works. Instead of instead of responding with some reductio ad absurdum like Kirillov, who who actually just kind of who who really takes the atheism or the death of God to the extreme. You have you have just Alyosha just kissing Ivan, or you have Alyosha embracing the earth. He's he's really loving, or he's really reflecting the love back to those around him, and and that's fundamentally, I think, what Dostoevsky does in his in his last book. It goes the full circle. He starts off with saying that Christ is the most perfect being in the world, or at least the most perfect concept in the world, and and he ends off with saying Christ is indeed the most perfect. Thing in the world, despite all the suffering around us, we focus on Christ's perfection instead of all the hate in the world. And you'll see that cr the perfection of Christ is so much greater. And and I think that's what we do see in in the brothers Karamazov. And I think that is a good way to look at Dostoevsky, the pre the pre brothers Karamazov Dostoevsky, the one who's struggling, the one who's who's facing the turmoil, the inner conflict. And you have the post or the brothers Karamazov. Dostoevsky, who has accepted it, he's accepted the suffering, he's accepted his life, and he says, well, this is what we can do. That's the only thing we can do, and the only thing we can do as humans, as a fallen nature or a fallen people, the only thing we can do is turn to Christ. And I think that's how we should read Dostoevsky, and that is the best way to read Dostoevsky. So if you've enjoyed this video, make sure you like and subscribe. It means a lot to me. It helps the channel grow. Share it with your friends if you think they would also like to read Dostoevsky or know more about Dostoevsky, the writer, and whether this would help them. Also, if you want to know any more about Dostoevsky and want me to clarify anything that I've said in this video or disagree with me, join my Discord server where we have, we're have we building a community where we can discuss Christianity, discuss theism, philosophy there. There's a section specifically uh, dedicated to Dostoevsky, so you, you can check it out. So essentially, there's resources for you. If you want to go check them out, feel free to do so. So, well, without further ado, have a great day. Stay safe. Like always, God bless. 
spend time with your family. Hope you're all doing well during this difficult time. God bless, stay safe, goodbye, and I'll see you tomorrow. Thank you for watching.